BBL Podcast, sponsored by Vintage Minnesota Hockey, your exclusive source for throwback Minnesota jerseys. Visit VintageMNHockey.com. Now, here's Hammy, Vigo, and your host, Jupiter. for another week and things are not looking good for our Gophers. Swept by the Bulldogs. One goal scored on the season. What in the hell is going on, Viggs? Well, I think uh, <laughs> Jason Gonzalez for the trip has, has put it out there best that they're going through growing pains. And it seems like every time one of the guys from the team or a coach gets in front of the media, Growing pains is something that gets mentioned because uh, they have a lot of new guys they're trying to put in the lineup, and they're just not playing as a team. And it, it definitely showed this last week against a very veteran UMD group. One goal, Hammy. One yeah. goal in three games. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't think any of us would have predicted that coming into the season. We, you know, there's a lot of talent on this team. Certainly, but uh, you know, like Vig said, it's about kind of putting it all together and gelling. And when you're what zero for twelve on the power play, and um, you know you're it's zero for twelve to, now. Uh, something like that. Jeez. I think that's what I said. Zero for twelve is the accurate stat. Oh man, you know, and, and you kind of knew that it was going to have some transitions because you know the power play units last year to this year are different. You're missing Riley and Rao and some of those kinds of guys and. Um, so, I mean, you knew that that was going to kind of happen, but I guess the way that I look at it is, you know, if I, it's kind of, you don't know what you're going to get with the first weekend of the year with like Vermont or the first game, especially without an exhibition. So I, I kind of excuse a little bit of that. And, you know, this weekend against Duluth, I mean, Duluth's a very veteran team with good players and, um, you know, it's kind of the opposite in terms of experience level with the Gophers and, so you're not shocked that necessarily you're going to get swept in that kind of a circumstances. So I don't really know how to what what I think right now because it's like okay I'm not sh- terribly shocked by any result. Um, and it's kind of like well I, we got to like young guys. I don't know what to, I really don't even know what to think at this point. Well, to be honest, I was away visiting my grandfather this past weekend. Didn't see one second. You know, I recorded it on the DVR, but I got home and I knew what the scores were and I just said, screw it, I'm not going to watch this crap. I listened to uh, the Friday night game because I was in a place that actually had cell reception at the time. Oh, boy, we got that one goal from Brent Gates. Woohoo! <laughs> and then they come back and give up a goal right away right after that. And uh, I'm like, uh, Saturday night, I didn't even bother. So, uh Viggs, were did you go to the Friday game? I I didn't go to the Friday night game. Uh, you know, two young kids. You know, you got to take some nights off. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, I didn't know who was covering, and I just. Uh, oh yep, Jeff boy. was there covering, and and he said it was kind of a, a somber sight afterwards. The, these these upperclassmen are putting a lot of pressure on themselves. Um, I asked Justin Clouse about that today. 
And he said, yeah, maybe they're putting a little too much into these first three games considering how many new guys they have to integrate into the lineup. And, you know, as Hammy said, these three games were going to be tough ones. Uh, Vermont, you know, a very good program, veteran team, a lot of older guys, uh, plays a difficult system to play against with the trap. And then you play a completely opposite team in UMD who always gets up to play Minnesota. I know their fans don't like to give Minnesota that much credit, but they play very well, especially Austin Fairley against Minnesota and, or Farley. And, uh, you know, they came to play, and, and it was a very fast-paced game. And once the Gophers got behind, they started to press. They started to get into an individual one-on-one type game, and that's just not going to work at the D1 level. Well, you know what? Yes, the team is young, blah, blah, blah. The, the bottom line is this is Minnesota. We don't rebuild, we reload. Isn't that what it's supposed to be, Hammy? The, you know, the, the bottom line is, yes, there's young guys. Yes, they're probably going to have to grow up faster, but you know what? There's more than just young guys. We do have some other guys on this team that aren't contributing jack right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, I agree with you. I I I am a, obviously for me personally. I mean, I, I'm disappointed with what I've seen with like you know like Camarada. I mean that. I mean, I t- said coming into the year that to me he was going to be kind of like a lightning rod, a key you know factor of the team. You know, if, as far as their what was going to happen. You know, if he's playing well, then the team's probably going to be playing well because um, you know he's kind of that setup guy and he does some good things with the puck. Um, but if he flounders and is just lost in the shuffle, you know, the team's going to struggle. And it's not just one guy. I mean, uh, you know, Vinny hasn't played great. I mean, nope. Fashing has been, you know, up and down. I think Clues, you know, he's pressing. I think that he's trying hard. And, but I think it's almost like he's trying to do too much. Um, so, I mean, I think it's just kind of a combination of some of these guys are trying to pull a little bit more than what they're used to right now and and kind of trying to make up for some of the young guys that are just trying to get their um you know their feet you know firmly settled on the ice and, and comfortable with their games Viggs, lucia mentioned on the show on on monday on espn 1500 and probably with you guys today that you know when you're missing the net two-thirds of the time when you're taking shots uh, your attempts are one-third of them are getting on net that's a huge problem yeah, it's definitely a huge problem. It's a huge point of emphasis for him this week. He he talked about how when players are getting below the dots towards the the corners of the rink, you know, you have to start thinking, just put the puck on net. You know, create a, a second shot opportunity. You know, the the old pass off the pads uh, strategy is create some chaos because when you have guys, you know, getting real low in the zone and trying to pick that far corner and they miss goes right in the corner, right oh, out of the zone, that. right out of the neutral zone. That. And you got to regroup and reload, and you've got everybody going the wrong way on your team and everybody going the right way on the other team, and that just gets you into trouble. So I think we're going to see an emphasis this weekend of guys you know, putting the puck on net, um, changing angles, um, just trying to get shots through. If they can't get shots through, you know, put shots off the, the back wall and try to create some chaos because you know, this team has had too many one-and-dones in the zone. And whether it's physical strength or lack of cohesive team play, lack of communication, you know, getting pucks to the net sorts a lot of that out. Hammy, obviously uh, Duluth is no longer in the conference, but this is six straight losses to Duluth. Well, Um, I mean, mean, obviously it's little sister, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, boy, 
they have our number. Well, I mean, this year I'm not surprised. I mean, just because of the team makeups and just how they're, you know, very veteran and they're, they, you know, they have talent and they're a good team. And um, so, I'm, and I'm not surprised by, like I said, the results this year. I mean, the prior few years, obviously, it's a little different when, you know, we had much better teams in terms of veteran players and and you know some good talent. You know, so that in a sense is a little disappointing. I, you know, I'm not going to go back and. I mean, I think if you look at any series you know, against, you know, any team that we go against, um, that's been, you know, a quality team at times throughout their program's history, there's going to be those kinds of ebbs and flows where you have their number for four or five years, they might have your number for a couple of years in a row. And, you know, just that kind of happens. So I don't tend to read too much into that kind of stuff over the course of a long program, you know, history. Viggs, um, Obviously, one of the positives that Lucia has talked about is Shearhorn. Obviously, it was his biggest concern coming in, replacing, you know, obviously a top-notch goalie with a complete unknown. That's been one positive. You know, Lucia also mentioned uh, a couple other players that are doing better than he thought today. Um, talk about that a bit. You know, Shearhorn's been good, but who else? Who well, else is doing Lu- something here? Lucio was kind of uh, adverse to mentioning the four specific yeah. guys. And and I think one of the reasons is because they're not the upperclassmen. They're not the leaders. I think he he didn't want to add any additional pressure on those guys. Yep. Um, um, obviously, Shearhorn would probably be one of those four that he pointed out to the team today. You know, he's he's been a workhorse in the past, and I think Lucia is starting to lean on him as as someone he can go to. You know, he weathered a pretty good storm against Duluth in the 19 to 2 shot period um, on Saturday night and, and kept him in the game. 19 to 2? Yes, it was 19 to 2. Oh, thank Shopping God Road. I didn't watch that. I would have just pissed me off even more. Or 17 to 2, sorry. Oh, what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> two 19 shots. shots in the period, yeah. But, you know, it was a, it was a pretty big storm. And um, to be within two, you know, it was a pretty good performance for Shearhorn in that hostile building. Um, but guys I think are, are playing above expectations are probably Novak and uh, Romanko, you know, two freshman centers playing the hardest position there is to play in college hockey. You know, there's a lot of ground to cover, a lot of skating, um, a lot of extra responsibility typically for a center, and um, they're sticking there. Um, I think Letary's going to move to the center here this last weekend, and he'll stay there to try to solidify that spot in the lineup. And then the other spot I think – is impressing and exceeding expectations is probably um, Jack Ramsey. You know, he's beat out a couple upperclassmen to, to play on that fourth line. He's played in all three games. Um, and I, I think he'll probably stay there. He brings a lot of energy to the ice. I think he's played the body well and not a lot of mistakes. That fourth line has played a pretty simple game, which sometimes I think some of the, the higher lines need to think about doing is, you know, getting pucks deep, not turning the puck over, getting some good grind time in the offensive zone. No. And it, but that, isn't it kind of ironic though that the, you're highlighting the fourth line? You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, <laughs> I, you know, what I mean, it's like no disrespect to those guys because you know there it is a key part of the team to kind of you know grind it out and get those minutes and try to contribute to, you know some offensive opportunities from a fourth line perspective. I mean that's always been something that we, I think for Gopher hockey fans we've always kind of prided ourselves in seeing a fourth line that actually had some talent and some offensive ability but when you're highlighting half of the the fourth line is the guys who are playing above expectations it kind of tells you that the rest of the boys need to you know seriously pick it up 
Well, well, I think that's obvious. I think you know, those top nine forwards are trying to do too much individually. They're missing the net. They're turning the puck over. You know, they're putting their teammates in tough situations. You know, I think they need to take some notes from that fourth line and, and play a little more conservatively and choose when to step into play and take chances. Now, usually the fourth line is where, uh, you know, Lucia in the past would, you know, switch in a body or two of guys who are not playing. Um, we haven't really seen that yet, Viggs. You know, we haven't, no, seen, we haven't seen some of the other players on the team. It's been pretty much the same lineup. He's yeah. shifted things around, but, you know, he hasn't switched bodies yet. Yeah, you've seen the top nine kind of shuffled around a little bit the first three games. Um, I think it's just he's looking to try to find some combinations because the talent is there. Um, Lucia talks about how in practice this team looks better than you know a lot of his past teams look in practice. It's just they're struggling to to bring that play to the game. So he he likes these these players in practice. They they have skill. They have the ability. I don't think effort is a question this year. Um, you know, even a game where they're getting outshot and, and beat pretty soundly by UMD, you know, they're still making hard plays. It's just they're not working as a team yet. Well, it's not good. That's all that matters. Sorry. Well, I mean, you know, I guess the one, like we said, at least Shearhorn is playing pretty well. I, I feel bad for the kid because, yeah. you know, when you, you got a lot of pressure on you, first of all, you're a freshman, but secondly, yeah. it's like, when your team isn't scoring, it's like you have that additional pressure of, man, if I let in like two goals, you know, the way we're going, we're going to lose. You know what I mean? So it's like I feel bad for the kid. I mean, but I'm sure that at least the coaches from a long-term perspective are pretty pleased that as as to what, you know, his future appears to hold. Are we going to see any other players, Viggs? Or you is he going to – you know, obviously you said the top nine, but really the, the 12 forwards have not changed at all. Yeah, I think it would be tough to break up that fourth line Yeah, the way they've played. I, I don't think any of those guys have done something that would deserve to take them out of the lineup. Um, in that top nine, it's it's hard to know. I'm not sure who who's not playing would, would fit in those kind of spots. I mean, um, maybe Ryan Norman is a little bit of a scorer could, could fit in there somewhere, but I'm, I'm not sure that Hoagland would, would be a skilled player that could fit in there. Um, Ryan Riley, I'm not sure what he would add to a skill line. I know he... He uh, looks like he's working hard out there, but he hasn't got a lot of game action. So I'm not sure uh, how many options up front he has right now. Well, we're just going to have to wait and see, and hopefully he gets things together. Uh, obviously, you know, we had a question from uh, one of the Twitter users earlier today asking, at this point, is Lucia just in it for the paycheck? <laughs> you know, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I you know, I feel – you know, I've had, I've already, you already hear the discussions about, you know, what's the future going to be with him and whatever. And I mean, it's always, we always hear speculation pretty much every year. I mean, yep. I do know that what his contract is up, I think, in 2017. So he's got this year and next year that he's under contract. And you kind of say to yourself, well, if the team doesn't do well this year, I mean, I highly doubt that they're going to be like, going to throw more, you know, contractual years at him. And you're kind of like, well, I don't see that him wanting to be necessarily a lame duck coach. With well, one the thing year. is, you never know with administrations. Well, I know. And, I mean, and look you, what Wisconsin did. They extended Eves when it looked bad. Well, right. But then, you know, we don't know who our leadership is permanently uh, going to be. That's another thing. And maybe they don't even want to deal you know, with it. 
Well, and I don't know from uh, a booster perspective. I mean, you know, the Lou Nannies of the world and them. I mean, I don't know that they're necessarily huge Lucia fans. I don't, you know, I can't say for sure. But, you know, you start to say, well, what's their influence going to be in particular when there isn't a strong, you know, AD in place? And, you know, and Mario Lucia is done with college after this year and will be starting his pro career next year. And, you know, I mean, you start to kind of think about all these potential reasons why maybe there could be a change if this season goes south, you know. I, but, you know, we are not going to know for sure. It's going to be – I still feel it's going to eventually be kind of Lucia's decision at the end of the day. And obviously we're not speculating it's time for Lucia to go. It's just – we're just trying to see the future, folks. <laughs> We know how his contract is, and obviously this good start, or this bad start, I should say, is not helping things. Yeah, I think one of the things is Lucia is taking the long view of this first half of the season. Yep. You know, he wants to get these players integrated in the style that he wants to play. He wants to play kind of an up-tempo, you know, high-skating, high-skill squad where defensemen can get involved in the rush. You know, he's not a coach who wants to put in a one-two-two trap and sit back and counterattack. Yeah. You know, he wants a very active skating team that utilizes its defensemen. So, you know, with the roster he has, he may be trying to fit a square team into a round hole. You know, for the first half of the season, as he tries to teach everybody how to play this style. Oh boy! Well, well, and you also have to remember. I mean, we are in a conference where you essentially, depending on where you end up, I mean, you only have to win a couple of games to get into NCAAs, you know what I mean? And it's not like yeah. the Big Ten has been kicking ass, you know. So it might be a case where they're like, well, let's just, you know, kind of take a page out of how North Dakota had been for many years where they kind of would be mediocre, you know, towards the first half and then try to ramp it up in the second half and, of course, that never really got them a title, but nonetheless, it, it did work for them to get in. So, you know, maybe you hope that that's the the playbook they're going with this year. But um, so far, it's, it's kind of hard to be super optimistic given what we've seen. Well, we've got a couple questions uh, via Twitter. Um, but before we get to that, we've got a, a message from our sponsor. I would like to welcome Vintage Minnesota Hockey as our very first sponsor on the GPL podcast. VintageMNHockey.com wants to take you back in time and keep the memories of Minnesota hockey heritage alive forever. They have Minnesota hockey history from around the entire state. Vintage Minnesota Hockey is dedicated to those from Minnesota's past who have carved out Minnesota's rich hockey history from the state of hockey. Personally, I love the online store. I own a 2011 alternate white jersey with gophers written across the front of it. I love it, and I can personally vouch for its quality. You can even get your throwback jersey customized with your name, number, or patches. And as listeners of the GPL podcast, you get a special 10% discount on all orders from their online store. Just enter the code GPL podcast, all lowercase, and one word to receive this discount. So visit Vintage Minnesota Hockey today at VintageMNHockey.com. And speaking of GPL podcast as that code, uh, you could use that same code as your hashtag for questions if you want to ask us if you're listening live or even during the week. I'll try to save it, and we'll, we'll try to get your questions on the air. You know, earlier, uh, about a half hour ago, Josh Wendell asked, uh, considering this year could be a rebuilding season, 
what is the one to three year outlook for the program? What do you think about that, Amy? Well, I mean, I think a lot of it, you know, you kind of have to. I, there is definitely some good talent in the pipeline. I mean, I, I don't think that mm-hmm. that's ever really the question. I mean, I, I, you know, it's like we mentioned, you know, I, I, are we going to have, you know, who's going to be on the staff if there is a change? You know, I mean, we don't know if there will be. And I would guess at this point we're going to just say there won't be. But we always know that that's a possibility is from a talent perspective. Um, they definitely have some very good players in the pipeline. Um, you know, some guys that need to kind of pick it up, but I think for the most part, they have good players in the pipeline. Um, and of course, you know, I, you want to see progress um, amongst the young guys and continually, you know, improving from one year to the next. And, you know, based on, I mean, we haven't really seen a great deal of that this year, you know, as far as, I mean, it's early yet, of course, but, you know, that junior class is pretty important. They had a really good freshman year and, you know, they were kind of up and down last year. And so far this year, it's been obviously not nothing to brag about. So nobody. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you kind of have to hope that, uh, you, you know, that this is just kind of a little blip and that they're going to step it up and give you a little bit more of a, a long-term positive feeling. Any thoughts on uh, this rebuilding year and the outlook in the next one to three years, Viggs? Well, I just think it's unusual going from last year to this year because there were so many players last year who played all the key roles. You know, a lot of the seniors and juniors were all playing power play. They were all playing penalty kill. They were doing all the goaltending. And so when you lose that, you have all these guys who are just totally in new roles. I mean, you look at the power play. You know, they've got uh, Brodzinski, Bischoff, uh, Johnson trying to step in there for Mike Riley. You know, Mike Riley would stay out there for the whole two minutes of almost every power play if he could last year. So you have guys who've gotten hardly any experience out there quarterbacking the power play. And they've actually done a pretty good job of establishing themselves in the offensive zone with their breakout. It's just making those quick decisions, quick passes, getting pucks on net that hasn't been there. And it's early. Um, Connor Riley had one of the best one-timers on the team last year. He got hurt. He's still trying to find that touch. Uh, Vinny Letary is getting the opportunity to be one of those trigger guys. You know, he hasn't had that kind of experience in Division One hockey before. It's going to take a little bit of time for these guys to adjust to those roles, I think. Well, we've been talking about the youth and inexperienced. Uh, boy, what can we do? I mean, we got – oh, another question. Given this youth, the youth on this team, was it a mistake not to schedule an exhibition this year? I mean, that comes from uh, go for 80. Was it a mistake? Well, I mean, I I don't think it – I mean, I think it was. I mean, you always kind of want that game like that, you know, just so you can get your feet wet and whatever and get everybody kind of acquainted. But do I think it necessarily would have made a huge difference with what we've seen so far? I I think that's kind of questionable. I don't know. I don't know that I believe that one exhibition would have made this team look – a ton better right now than what it has been. Viggs? I don't think playing Lethbridge again would have helped this team that much. You know, it's a it's a program they're gonna go out against and maybe get the jitters out a little bit. <laughs> but they're not they're not going up against a, a BC or a UMD in an exhibition setting. It's just not gonna happen. You know, they could have played the U eighteen team and not gotten the same, you know, response that they do when they play a veteran division one team. You know, the problems they're having are facing big physical players who are getting in their way and making life hard for them. And they've got to adjust to that. And I just think it's going to take a little bit of time. 
know, we're only three games into this, and college hockey is one of the longest seasons in college sports. You know, they've got probably another 95% of their season ahead of them yet. All right, boys. Well, then let's move on to Northeastern. Obviously, we've been we've played Northeastern a few times over the last few years. I mean, they came to the Mariucci Classic. Last year, we went out and uh, played one game as part of an East Coast trip. Um, you know, at the time, Northeastern was terrible. Uh, I mean, they were really at the bottom of the league. They beat Minnesota after Minnesota had uh, had a successful night uh, previously. What was it at Boston College? I think. Yep. Yeah, Boston College. Yeah, they, they beat up Boston College the night before. They go and play Northeastern, and they lay an egg, lose three to two, and everyone's like, "What the heck is going on?" But you know, it turns out Northeastern actually kind of turned it around after that and played very well the rest of the season. So now they come back this year, come to Mariucci for a series, and uh, what do you think, Viggs? Well, it helps that the uh, Gophers got one of their leading scorers transferring in to take them out of the Northeastern lineup, but uh, <laughs> with. Uh, Samatula, or that I haven't got that name down yet. Yeah, but uh, you know that helps. But it's going to be a tough challenge. You know, it's a middle of the pack hockey East team that's that's going to be coming and and looking for uh, to make a name for themselves at Mariucci. Uh, they return five of their six defensemen. They return their goalie. So it's going to be another tough challenge for Minnesota. You know, the schedule that Minnesota plays isn't going to get easier. All these teams are good. They're not just pulling kids out of the classroom and getting on a plane. Yeah. Hammy, what do you think? Can Minnesota turn it around this weekend? Well, I mean, I kind of expect that, you know, we'll see something better, especially, you know, I, I don't think there's any question that Northeastern isn't quite on the level of what we've seen thus far. I mean, they've mm-hmm. lost a couple of games to Bentley last weekend. So, I mean, I don't well, know. Well, they might that... be a little angry. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess that's true. But, I mean, nonetheless, I mean, you, you would at least hope that given the home ice and the fact that, you know, Northeastern hasn't, necessarily looked all that great thus far that uh you know we could be a little bit more optimistic but you know like i said earlier i don't know entirely what to expect right now because there's just a lot of new faces i mean really all i i feel confident is i think that shearhorn will you know give you an opportunity to win if you you know you get a you know a few goals of course um and i feel that the defense you know i think it's been all right i don't think it's been great but i think it's been you know, decent. And they've had some trouble, I think, transitioning, but, you know, the puck. But as far as defensive play, I don't think it's been horrible. Um, <laughs> you know, but I mean, it's really going to be about, you know, starting to kind of contribute offensively. And I'd like to see the guys be a lot more aggressive around the net and just try to, you know, kind of create some chaos and not necessarily just rely on, you know, finding the open man and making the kind of highlight plays or whatever like that you know it's you're gonna have to start scoring some dirty goals you know in order to get on the board and now that's exactly what i was thinking uh, get some garbage goals get some pucks on net get some rebounds enough of this trying to snipe and miss the net bs well when you're missing the net that often obviously you, uh, you know it's kind of like you are trying to be too fine with the puck and trying to and you know i know and i know the contrary to that is people bitch and moan about you know, God, we're hitting a goalie right in the middle of the stomach, and God, can't they pick corners and blah blah blah? So I mean, it, it goes both <laughs> ways, but but I guess well, I would rather see him try to get some rebounds, you know, than just hit one off the glass, of course. So, well, I hope we don't see them shooting it right into the chest of the goalie, because you know, when you're trying to create second chances, you want the puck, you know, low on net. You're not trying to put it up high at all to get second chances. You want to keep the puck low and give yourself a chance to get some rebounds. 
Um, right, I, think, no, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I'm just saying I don't want them. To, I don't. I'd rather have them hit the goalie, period, than to just fly one over the net. Is what I mean. I, I mean, I, what did the uh, chances look like last week? You know, I didn't get to see the games. Did they have any really? You know, obviously we had one goal, but did they have any really good quality chances? I mean, I think they definitely were creating chances. I know Kloos had a couple opportunities on the rush where, you know, he's the most dangerous, I think, on the rush. Once once Kloos gets some space and open ice, and the defenseman has to make a decision, how big of a gap do I try to keep with this guy because he's so fast? And, you know, he can get some chances. It's just the problem was, you know, they kept missing the net. And I think they out-attempted out Duluth like 62 to 40-something. So, you know, they were generating enough shots. They just weren't generating any kind of continued zone pressure, and that's the problem. Um, so I, I think they are generating chances. They're getting power play opportunities. They're just not moving the puck, making decisions quick enough. Um, so I think going up against Northeastern, you know, they need to focus on that. I know Northeastern outshot Bentley, I think, 51-11 to 11 in one of their games. So Lucia mentioned that today, and they lost 3-2. So... You know, Northeastern's playing okay. You know, you may look at the two losses to Bentley and, and think it's going to be a cakewalk this weekend, but I think they're going to be playing a pretty good hockey East team. I don't know. I just, <laughs> ugh, I've just never seen a team, you know, we've seen them go over in the history, obviously, but uh, one goal in three games, it's just not a good outlook. Not a good outlook at all. So. Well, the defense looks fine. I mean, yeah, they're not. They're but, not but, but do they look fine if they're, you know, because we use that defense as, you know, getting out of the defensive zone. Sure, they might be playing defensively, but are they making the right decisions, moving the puck up the ice, when to join the play? I mean, that's kind of always been Minnesota's bread and butter. Defensively, they might be playing okay, but are they doing that other stuff? Well, I think that's going to come. I think they're not very crisp on their breakouts, in which case they're coming through the neutral zone for most of the time, slow and giving the other team a chance to get some back pressure. I think, you know, their breakouts definitely haven't been smooth, but they're not getting trapped and getting caught in their zone either for long stretches of time. You know, the goals against have come off of turnovers, bad line changes, um, you know, and they're, they've been good goals. You know, it's not like this team is just getting penned up in their own zone and not generating any offense. Oh, I don't know, boys. I... Just don't know. It's been obviously been a, a tough start, and not much to talk about. I mean, when the, when the team's not doing well, nobody's scoring. Uh, it's just uh, yeah. it's just kind of a wait and see, and hope things turn around. Well, that's all you can really do right now. I mean, it's I mean, it's not like you can say these guys are gelling or that. I mean, nobody has really particularly yeah. looked great, you know, in gelling. I mean, we talked a little bit about the fourth line, and I would say that you know that's been a little bit of a bright spot, but nonetheless, it's the fourth line, and mm-hmm. um, and certainly Shearhorn. But from an offensive standpoint, it just it, it's hard to know right now what we have, and it, you know, it's just definitely a work in progress. Any other thoughts on the coming weekend? I think just look for that uh, power play. Uh, see if they can make some decisions a little bit quicker. Try to create some two hundred ones up top. Um, look for who's playing the point. Uh, I think that's kind of been a topic of debate by the coaches, and we'll see what happens this weekend. It might be fluid, and uh, see what happens with the lineup. You know, there could be a surprise this weekend. 
Yeah, that's the one thing I was kind of curious about is if they were going to tweak the power play much, especially from, you know, who's quarterbacking from the point, you know, that kind of stuff. And because mm-hmm. um, obviously when you're 0 for 12, it's not exactly like you're kicking some booty. So <laughs> I'm, I'll be curious to see what, if any, kind of alterations they make. I think one change you'll see is that there could be two defensemen on the second unit this week. I know um, one of them got caught at uh, the game at Duluth on Saturday getting off, and so there were four forwards on the ice against uh, even strength situations. I know a lot of teams try to put two defensemen out there in that second unit just to prevent that. Um, so maybe that's something we'll see. Um, either Brodzinski or Bischoff on the first unit and the one who's not uh, paired up with Johnson on the second unit. We'll just have to wait and see, huh, fellas? Yep. Just have to wait and see. Well, that's going to do it for this week's podcast. Uh, Team doesn't play next weekend, so we'll be taking the week off. We'll be back in two weeks. We'll recap this series with Northeastern and preview the series with the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Let's just hope things get better. Thanks for listening. Get it in here. Crowded. I like that little handle. Bob Barker. That is the Bob Barker, Mike. Did that come off of like an old car? I would would tell people I ripped it off of a Mercedes just to be... The kids today wouldn't even know what that is. Exactly. (laughs) I wonder why I can't get FM. Yeah. Does that make your MP3 player work better? <laughs> well, he's doing it for you for nostalgia purposes. Second of all, he's had that for years. Oh, I like it. I like it. I'm a throwback kind of guy. <laughs> Gene Rayburn. I prefer Gene yeah. Rayburn, not Bob Barker, but Bob Barker is awesome. <laughs> I don't know who the, who's the other guy. Gene Rayburn. Match game 76, 78. Oh, uh, oh, yeah. I used to watch the match game. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, before your time. Power guys' heads done. All right, they're good. Uh, you know what? This team really practices well. I mean, they practice hard every day, um, and, and that's the thing that I've been most impressed with is that we've actually practiced at times better than what we've played, and now the, the, the challenge is getting them to the way they practice to have that into a game. Obviously, games become more difficult because you're going to, you know, there's more pushback, there's more um, traffic that you have to deal with coming up the rink. And, and for us, I think the most important thing is just getting up the rink efficiently, not choppy. It seems like we've been choppy, whether it's through breaking out or in the neutral zone regrouping. And that has led to very little offensive zone time, although I thought we made some progress the last couple periods of the game on Saturday. We, we came up the rink a lot more fluid than we, than we what we had done early. Your zone entry you talked about that Friday were sloppy at yeah. times. Do you, do you work on just breakout patterns? Oh yeah, I mean we were. I mean it's still a read and react. I mean so you have more concepts than anything else. So we spent a lot of time on that. Uh, you know, I think the first drill every day in practice this week has been breakouts mm-hmm. um, and just getting touches. We get we got to get our guys as many touches as we can. Or you know, in the offensive zone, it's it's we miss the net. I mean we're hitting the net a third of our shots. I think the Duluth game we had. 
21 shots out of 60 some attempts actually hit the net and obviously some get blocked but over half of those were just flat out miss and then when you do that you just there's no second shot opportunities there's no chance for even it creates some chaos in, in the offensive zone where you got to go chase down pucks and, and lose some of your defensive structure when, when you keep uh, uh, when you have to play off rebounds or play pucks off pads what have you seen from Nick Sealer so far being a transfer in, in his first three years? You know what, uh, you know, I, when I talk to the guys in the locker room, I mean, I highlighted some guys that, uh, you know, I thought that have kind of exceeded my expectations. And he was, he didn't make the top four, but uh, he was on the cutting edge, I told him. It, I think he's done a nice job for having sat out a year. Um, he's done, he's kept his composure. Um, he's kept his discipline. Um, and uh, he brings that hard-nosed element to our team that, that you need. Who have been those four players that have exceeded your expectations? Uh, who have been? You know what? I don't want to name them in here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can probably figure out one of them. Yeah. <laughs> with um, thinking about football with young quarterbacks, there's always a concern about you throw a guy into the fire yeah. and he doesn't have success right yeah. away, and what can that do to his head? Is there a similar concern with a young goalie like you have that you know he hasn't had wins? Right I don't worry or? about it. I mean, I don't, I don't look at it as wins and losses. I look at it as how he's played. Yep. And uh, you do have that worry when they get in there, you know, they get bombarded a little bit. But the way he's played, I, I think I've seen growth in his game uh, from having J.J. to be able to work with him. Um, and I think I've seen progress from, you know, game one to game two to game three. And uh, that's what's encouraging to me, that because you know coming in, that was probably for me one of my biggest question marks was you know how we're going to be there, and, and he's he's given us good goaltending I think all three games uh, that he's played, he's made some big saves. I think he's made the routine saves. Um, he's shown that he can handle the puck, and uh, I think he's been a real bright spot for us so far this season. Doesn't have the psyche of a freshman necessarily. Here. No, you know I think he's older. I mean he, he's one year post high school. He he's been away from home since fifteen years old mm-hmm. when he was playing midget hockey in, in uh, uh, St. Louis. He was in Shattuck. He's in Muskegon. So um, I think he's a pretty mature kid. And you know, I just bumped into him in the, in the weight room uh, and I asked him how he's feeling. He says he feels fresh. He feels good. Um, and that's what you'd expect from somebody that's played as much hockey as he had over, has over the years. Is Vinny going to stay at center and Sheehy going to yeah, stay away? Yeah, um, Vinny's going to stay at center. There's no... You know, this weekend we're going to keep Benny at center. And that's why things are not easy to have three freshman centers. Um, so we're, we're going to move Benny. I think Benny plays a more free-flowing game in the middle. Um, I think he was more noticeable in the middle. Um, and and I thought he did a pretty good job. So uh, we'll, we'll keep him at center this weekend. What do you know about Northeastern? Um, oh, they saw him last like, year, right? Yeah, I mean, they beat us 2-1 uh, to one last <clears> week. Uh, Roy or Wa, whatever, how he pronounced the score late with a couple minutes to go. Uh, and he's an All-American player, and that's what you expect uh, from them. They, they're, they're one and two on the year. I think they outshot their opponent last week. It's one of those games that makes hockey great. You go shoot somebody 55 to 15 and get beat. Um, you know, so if you believe in possession numbers, I think they lead the country in possession numbers. <laughs> uh, so they have a lot of guys returning from last year's team. Five of their 60 are back. Uh, they lost their, their starting goaltender from, from last year's team. They, they're skilled. Um, they can get up and down the rink, and they have obviously some dangerous offensive players. So, you know, we're playing a hockey East team. It's, you know, it's used to playing against good quality opposition, and we'll have our hands full. You talked about all the missed shots. What's making it so difficult to get the puck to the net? 
Well, a lot of times you're just missing the net. You know, you're trying to pick it too fine. And um, another thing we can do, I think we can help ourselves a little bit at times when you're shooting from maybe distance or angles to, you know, don't worry about, you know, trying to pick a corner. Don't, you know, let's let's get the puck on the net and try to create second shot opportunities. And I think that's something that's lacking, especially from, you know, bad angles. When you start getting below the dot to the goal line in those areas outside the dots, you know, we're shooting and missing the net and it just rings around the boards and ends up at the red line instead of just, you know, putting it off the pads and create second. Try to create it. And, uh, you know, you use the term pass off the pads, and that's really what it is. You see that, that you know, at every level now has tried to create more offense is that you're not necessarily trying to score. You're, you're trying to create a rebound for a line mate. Do you know Todd Richards? Have you talked to him at all today? No, no, I don't know him that well. I mean, it just, it's just, that's a tough business. There's no question. He's, he's uh, you know, Danny Coach, I know when he was uh, uh, here with the Wild, we went in and, and he was great. Uh, Wild was to come in for training camp. and mm-hmm. um, Just seems like a real class guy. Your power play is going to be important the whole season. Yep. What have you liked and what do you need to improve on? Well, I mean, uh, I think we have to move it more quickly. Again, hitting the net. Uh, our, our entries have been fine, getting set up. Um, but now now we're going to need our power play because, you know, I don't think we're going to be an overly high-scoring team. And, and so if we can score that power play goal a night, that will go a long way as helping us to try to get to three. You don't replace Mike Rowley, but how are your no. defensemen done? No, you that don't. Role. <laughs> <laughs> when you have Mike Riley back there, you're a lot smarter. Play, I can tell you that. Um, uh, it just it, they need reps. I mean, it, they, like Bischoff's doing it this year, and, and uh, Steve Johnson and Brodzinski. Well, Brodzinski did it for us in a secondary role last year, um, and now they're going to have to, you know, get pucks through, make quick decisions, and I think that's the thing that at times we've been a little slow. Or I mean, you saw it the last weekend a couple times. We, you know, Connor's getting his timing back with his shot that he's he's healed a couple. You know, Vinny's all set up and he breaks a stick, uh, but. I think we have some guys that can make some plays in the power play, and now they just need to continue to practice and get reps. What's the biggest improvement you want to see this week? Well, it'd be nice to get a lead. That's number one. I mean, it's hard to play the game from behind. So, I mean, obviously we need to score some goals from a defensive standpoint. We haven't given up that um, uh, many goals. Our goaltender's done a nice job. even last week, we gave up three five-on-five goals on the, on the weekend, and I'll take that every every weekend. So it's just we we've got to start to generate some offense, and you know it, that just gets crowds into the game. It gets your players excited. You know when you're an offensive player, I mean you want to score, you want to feel good about yourself, and we need some guys that need to get over that hurdle. Okay, hey. no. all right, thanks, thanks guys. How are you? How good. How are you? Doing well. What do you know about Northeastern? Um, well, we haven't done the pre-scout yet. Um, we'll do some video tomorrow and Friday. Learn a bit more on them. Um, we know they're a tough team. Uh, we're gonna have to be ready to play for them. So, what's it like to finally get out there and smack some guys in different jerseys? Feels good. Yeah. <laughs> I was just saying that uh, to one of my teammates. It's good to finally hit someone other than <laughs> other than him. So, um, it's great to be out here. It's great to be a golfer. So. You been hitting a lot of your teammates in practice? Uh, no, I, I try not to, uh, you know, finish my checks too much. But every once in a while, um, you know, I think uh, Lucia said pancake. I try not to do that in practice. But I, you know, I like to play physical, and you know, it's if anything, I just want to make uh, try to help my teammates, you know, play a little tougher, play a little better, and um, 
it's going to benefit them, I think, in the future. So um, might as well play a little tougher on them. I mean, everyone's kind of described you as a physical defenseman, an aggressive defenseman. Is that a label you kind of embrace? Um, I've always liked the physical part of the game. Um, I think it's um, it's something that a team needs. Um, you know, every once in a while, a big hit can uh, get the boys going and um, you know turn the momentum of the game. So. Um, if I'm able to do that, that's great. Um, but my priority is um, tough in the defensive zone, um, good first pass, and um, help the forwards get up the ice. You know, after sitting out last year, how difficult was it just to practice all the time? Um, it was. It was really difficult. It got easier over the uh, the course of the year, um, and it did go by fast. It really did. Um, you know, and and being able to sit up. Um, on a concourse and watch the games. I've never been able to do that. Um, so you get a better feel of the game. Um, you kind of learn how much space you have, how much patience you can have. And um, it was nice to be able to do that, but um, I'm just glad I'm able to play this year. Where are guys' heads right now after the you know the slow start to the season? Um, you know, heads are good. I mean, we're fine. Um, we had some growing pains, obviously, um, but we're ready to play for Northeastern. We're excited. Um, we're not thinking too much about the past. We're just learning from our mistakes this week, and we had a good week of practice, um, and we're doing well so far. So, how long did it take you, or is it still taking you time to get your timing, your game timing back? Um, you know what? I think uh, for sitting out a year, I think I played pretty solid so far. Um, I'm happy with with the way I played. Um, you know, we just need to come together as a team, play as a unit of five on the ice, um, and we'll be fine. Is that the toughest adjustment, just getting that uh, group of five play down? I think so. I think especially with 10 freshmen coming in, um, you know, lines are going to be uh, a, a little messed up. Uh, you're just trying to find guys who have, um, you know, good chemistry together. Um, and, and we're finding that. And, um, you know, obviously the first three games didn't go the way we wanted it to. But, um, you know, there's always the next, you know, the next day. And uh, we're coming for Northeastern, so uh, we're excited to play them. Getting shots on that has been a difficult process for you guys this year. What's what's made that so hard? Um, you know, that's a good question. Um, that's just something we can work on, I think. Um, like I said, yeah, it, we just need to change the angles of the shots, you know, get our grind game going in, in the offensive zone, um, make sure the D are getting pucks low, getting pucks on net when we can, um, deflecting off the sideboards if, if there's a, a guy right in front of us. Um, but... Um, you know, like I said, this week of practice is going really well, so hopefully uh, the hard work is going to pay off this weekend. What are the main differences between Omaha and Minnesota hockey? Um, that's a good question, too. Um, I think there's a, a little more tradition here at Minnesota, obviously, and um, you know, there's a, there's a great fan base. Um, Omaha's growing their fan base, so um, obviously I, I just say the tradition. So how's target practice going this week? Uh, it's been good. Uh, the guys got back to work and uh, you know kind of had to put the you know last weekend behind us and get back to work. And that's uh, it's a long season, so uh, we're keeping uh, you know keeping our confidence and uh, just getting ready to go uh, with Northeastern before our bye week. What do you remember about that Northeastern game from last year? Uh, I just talked to Frank. I was going to say I don't remember, uh, you know, a whole lot. I just remember, you know, we went out east and uh, played Boston College the night before and beat them 6-2. I remember that. And I think we looked past them a little bit, and it was just one of those close games, uh, you know, just waiting for, uh, you know, one team to get a bounce. I think they got a fluky goal, and then they were able to, you know, close us out, I think, 3-2. So it was, uh, you know, definitely obviously can't uh, – 
look past them this weekend, uh, especially with our slow start. So uh, I think they'll come in with a lot of jump, getting a chance to play at Mariucci. So we got to, you know, be ready. You've been putting a lot of pressure on yourself and the upperclassmen. How do you still play loose and, and, and produce? Uh, you know, I, I guess I don't have the answer to that with the first three games yet. But, no, uh, you know, I think the first uh, couple games we – we all put a little too much pressure on ourselves. Uh, you know, it's an, there's a new formula this year. Last year was obviously different. We had to, you know, guys like Rao and Boyd and uh, guys that guys lean on. And uh, this year we just got to get used to it and not put too much uh, pressure on ourselves uh, as far as, you know, gripping our sticks a little too tight when we're in tight or in close to the net. Uh, we just got to relax and uh, play hockey. You know, we've been doing this for a, a long time and every uh, – Every day we just got to realize, uh, you know, we're pretty good at this game and we uh, can rely on our skill and uh, effort and uh, make some plays. Coaches have mentioned it, but I'm sure from your standpoint on the ice during practice, it, it seems like practices are going quite well. Uh, yeah, we got a really hardworking team. Obviously, there's no uh, spots that are really set uh, as far as, you know, we're on three. So people are still competing for, uh, you know, spots in the lineup. Uh, so uh, practice has been awesome. Uh, the freshmen are working their tails off uh, all the way up uh, through our, I think, our captains and our goaltenders. So it's been good so far, and now we just need to translate that to Friday and Saturday. Miss shots, block shots have been a big issue early. How do you overcome that? What's made it so difficult to get pucks to the net? I think just moving the puck a little quicker, making uh, a little quicker decisions, and uh, you know, relying on our teammates a little, little more. Uh, I think uh, a, a few times uh, plays have ended up being a little too individual, and uh, that's kind of slowed down the offense. Uh, even when trying to get pucks back, if you know everyone has to stop to watch, see what you're doing, uh, it kind of just slows everything down. So just moving our feet and moving the puck a little quicker, I think, will open up lanes and uh, give us opportunity to score more goals. Thanks, Joe. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you.